0: to the podcast. I hope you're well. In today's podcast, I'm going to be talking again with Alexander Love. We've been having some really enjoyable conversations today. We're going to be exploring how some of the wisdom found in Chinese medicine and Chinese philosophy can inspire the work we do as coaches can inform the work we do as coaches. And I find this a really fascinating synthesis, this convergence of these two disciplines and how non-Anglo-European-American paradigms can influence the work we do as coaches. So we'll talk about five primordial gestures. We'll talk about the wisdom of shadow, integrating shadow parts, qualities of being, and how we can work skillfully with parts. Alexander Love is a teacher, an acupuncturist, and a coach. He's on the faculty of the newfield network he is a developmental coach who specializes in trauma shadow work He has a master's degree in acupuncture from the academy for five element acupuncture where he is now a professor he's the developer of evolutionary cranial sacral therapy and is currently working on a book that is a synthesis of eastern wisdom with western developmental research Just before we dive in, if you want to sign up and join our mailing list, our ever-growing community of transformational coaches, you can head to coachesrising.com, scroll down, put your name in the sign-up box you find there, and you'll stay in the loop about all the things we create which are not this podcast. And you can also check out our online trainings there. We love to create deep, powerful, transformational online trainings so you can join and learn from some of the best coaches in the world wherever you are in the world so you can head again to coachesrising.com and just take a look around there all right so that all being said let's dive in here's the podcast with Alexander Love Alexander yeah good to be with you again to have you back on the podcast and you know I'm really appreciating uh, the conversations and the space that we drop into so yeah welcome back and how are you doing first of all yeah thanks so
1: much for having me back yeah I'm doing great I'm uh, feeling relaxed I'm Enjoying being alive, had a couple of weeks that were sort of difficult in terms of sort of shadow territory. And I feel like I've learned a lot and um, a lot has sort of moved. And so I'm feeling that the, the sort of the glowy after effects of going through a little bit of tumble.
0: Mm. Well, I think that's a we probably will touch into this actually, or we'll touch into it, we'll dive into this topic quite deeply, I think. and. I'm just curious for you, like w- when when you start to encounter shadow material, w- like what's how do you work with that? you know what's your what's your natural way of working with that? Yeah, so
1: i i'm I'm very much influenced by um, Chinese wisdom, which um, they they understand that there are certain, you could say, evolutionary gestures that are underpinning all of existence. We we, we know this commonly in the yin-yang symbol, which is a common symbol that we see, but inside of that symbol are really five numbers. In in Eastern wisdom, numbers aren't quantitative. They're, They're qualities of being, they're qualities of motion. And so numbers one through five are these primordial gestures that um, we can find within atoms, we can find within tulips, we can find within our own, our own being. And, and so when I'm working with shadow in myself or in others, in the background is understanding how these five basic movements unfold. And, and so the, the first one, we could say is fusion. This is like an ocean where there's really no differentiation. There's really no, no separation, but it's pre-conscious. And so what can happen in the context of shadow work is, you know, we have this deep awareness. Um, depending on our orientation, we could, we could call this awareness itself. Some traditions will call it, um, you know, They're talking about very deep transpersonal dimensions. Other other traditions or other places of orientation may call this the soul. But we could say without giving it a specific name is that there's a certain territory within us that has sort of natural qualities that emanate virtue without effort. Love, compassion, curiosity, interest, leaning in. There's an unbreakability. And, And we could say that that at some level, when we're in contact with this, all expressions of being are an emanation of virtue. Now, this can happen unconsciously or consciously. You're not going to have a five-year-old that's going to you know, be talking about this or having self-awareness around this, but yet you'll see their full body expression. Uh, my, m- one of my teachers, Thea Elijah, she calls it full body face, where it's like their whole body is their face and it's smiling and it's dancing and it's moving. But what can happen with shadow is that there can be a fusion that occurs where um, a, a part of the self that has um, separated, it's been outcasted, it's, it, it no longer feels its connection with that deeper source is uh, trying to get attention. And I'll sometimes do that by fusing with our sense of self. So one minute we're curious and interested and the next minute we think that we're five, we're contracted, uh, we're hiding in a corner, everyone's abandoned us. So, so the first kind of orientation um, that I bring when I notice fusion is the, the number two, the two space which is the um, differentiation capacity, the capacity to notice rather than to be completely unconsciously one with. And so in Eastern wisdom, this is a move from water, which if you look at the gestures of water, they're, they're all fused together. Even if a drop of water flies into the air, as soon as it hits back the water again, it's complete fusion. And then number two is related to fire, which is this sort of, this uh, capacity for this illuminative, uh, uh, illuminative looking at—it's like when we leave the ocean, we can look back and say, "I came from there." And so, um, I'll, I'll mention one more, and then I'll, I'll I'll pause and and see if there's anything that you want to want to mention here. But um, the three space. So if we look at the yin yang symbol. We have the yin side and we have the yang side. Um, and then we have that line in the middle. And that line in the middle is the three space. This is the, the space in between polarities. This is the capacity for interaction. Um, this, this Developmentally, this, this arises most fully, most consciously. Uh, for the first time with the second person perspective where now I can see there's a you and a me and we can interact with one another. And we get into this three space. The other symbol for this is the Lemniscate. Lamb, lamb lamb it's like a, the infinity symbol. And there's this kind of flowing back and forth. And so in the context of shadow, the first thing I want to do is I want to recognize, oh, I think I'm fused with, with a part of the self that's been disconnected from, from its deep source. Then number two is I want, and that's an act of differentiation. So so first I'm just fused and I'm probably in a situation that's quite difficult because I'm fused with a four-year-old or five-year-old or eight-year-old trying to run an adult life. The next step is that I want to differentiate and notice. And then the third step is that I want to begin a process of interaction. Now, the thing I want to say here is that the interaction that I want to engage with is specific. I don't want to just engage with this part from yet another part, which has its own uh, experience of separation. I want to try to orient to those qualities of my soul or those qualities of that, that transpersonal uh, um, depth that has an unbreakability, it has an inclination towards love and ease and capacity to weather any sort of intensity. That's my resource anchor. And then from there, there's a natural inclination and this comes into the sort of heart of coaching. I, from that place within each of us, we naturally know what to do. We know how to act with this part. We know how to interact with this part. We know what to ask. We know what to offer. It's a a completely organic process. And then that leads us onward. So I'll just pause there because that's a lot, but um, Mm. that's how I would start to start to think about it or work with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, but appreciating the the way that you're bringing in kind of uh, Chinese philosophy and how that can uh, deepen our uh, understanding or the way we can work with, with shadow. And particularly what I like is there's a kind of depth orientation in that that it's not just uh, doing shadow work, but it's actually recognizing that shadow is in some way restricting or limiting our access to these like essential qualities that you're talking about. And so, yeah, that we can actually um So, so I'm just appreciating all of that. And ma- maybe it is just actually a good, good invitation just for you to like talk about the fourth and fifth. Yeah. Qualities too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I'll just mention one thing um, before I go go there is that, yeah, you know, we can understand shadow as a as a constriction that is sort of um, in the way of our access to our deeper capacities to deeper virtue, and I would also um, want to add to that that we can we can additionally look at shadow as the process through which our psyche is. Um, holding lessons unlearned that, you know, to be able to go through this life with a hundred percent presence where we're learning everything that we could possibly learn every minute, no matter the level of intensity is a bit of a high ask. And practically speaking is something that most of us don't do. There's moments where our capacity for presence, uh, uh, is exceeded by the intensity of experience. So something happens that's intense and we, it goes beyond our capacity to be present with it, which means we're missing the learning opportunities intrinsic within life's fullness. And so shadow can also be understood as a way in which the body will secure those gems to be excavated at a later moment when we, have more conscious resources when we have more capacity so in a way it constricts but in an and it very much does and um and in another way it's securing the gems so that they're not lost and and this can be helpful an helpful orientation because sometimes when we're in the shadow we want to move away from it because it hurts or it creates difficult relationships or some of the stuff that I was recently moving through, the sensations are just so like connected to what I would call agony, that the last thing that I wanna do is my first impulse is move towards it. And yet every single time, I might even say 100% of the time, as we go through these processes of one through five or this this whole shadow process, 100% of the time in my experience, there's something beautiful that emerges. There's more of a connection with wholeness. There's more of a connection with uh, depth. And it's not depth that's been trained through meditation. It's depth which is intrinsic when more of the the bits of our experience that have been sort of isolated are are brought to the foreground and interacted with in a certain kind of, of way. So I just wanted to, yeah. to mention
0: that, yeah. And that, can I just underline? I'm really appreciate you bring that in because actually, uh, yeah, because it can seem like this is in the way of me, you know, uh, living a fulfilled life from wholeness, you know. And I appreciate what you're saying. No, it's actually uh, part of the way. It's an there's an intelligence inside of it, and um, you know, to honor that, you know, rather than stro- struggling, seeing it as a problem. Basically, it's a very different orientation. So, yeah, I'd love to hear, and, and just to like add in, maybe we can tee up where you go here as well. Is like um, this, like energetic component to the work that that's kind of like I feel is here as you speak. You know, I think we can often, or at least I used to approach shadow work in quite a kind of conceptual way, mm-hmm. and um, there was use to it. But uh, there's something in the way you're speaking about the the kind of uh, energetic um, metabolization component of it and how that can access, then we can access more of who we are. And maybe this can be a way of bringing in the, 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 the videos you've created around acupuncture points as well. Cause I found those to be really, uh, really quite brilliant. Actually. I really enjoyed watching them. So um, yeah, but maybe we carry on with points four and five and then we can weave in the acupuncture points and why they're so important too absolutely
1: yeah uh, let's do that and so you know i just want to mention one thing is that if we are looking at shadow as a problem that is a part of the self that is fused with our consciousness that is viewing shadow as a problem and so to to reiterate our numbers as we kind of continue forward that would be a recognition of okay, well, if I understand the natural posture of the soul is always interested, is always curious, is always saying what's next, is always at ease and is always passionate, is always loving, is always unbreakable. If, if I have that recognition, then as soon as there's that voice that says, I have too much shadow, it's a problem. That is an expression of fusion. It's related to that one space, that quality of one, this uh, related to the water, the gesture of water, which of course has many forms, but we can start to see kind of the gestures within different bodies of water to get a a sense of it. Then the next step is, is the fire, this illuminative light this differentiation, this capacity to um, uh, leave the ocean and then recognize that which we have differentiated from. And then I can say, oh, I'm seeing this as a problem. That must mean that there's another part here. So that I can say inside of myself, who's speaking? Which part is this? And that is the beginning of going into the three space, which is uh, um, given the wood element. And so when we look at wood, we're not talking just about like dead driftwood. We're talking about a living plant and a living plant has roots. It has, uh, the growing stalk and it has the blooms. Um, it's reaching growing up into what we might in, in Eastern wisdom, the, the sort of the heaven, the heaven pole. So you have the earth pole, which is related to the roots You have the heaven pole, which is related to the sky. Uh, It's related to uh, dimensions of the timeless uh, emptiness, um, a certain kind of unbreakable dimension. Um, And then you have the median space. The median space is what's between root and sky. Between earth and sky, between heaven and earth, this is the human uh, position. This is the, 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 that which is between these vast polar differences where you have the, the unity of heaven and the diversity of earth, and then you have something that is um, an, a, a, an intermediary, the lamnascape, the infinity symbol, in between. And so simply, you know, um, in, in, in Chinese calligraphy, The character for three is simply a heaven line, an earth line. These are three vertical lines that are stacked on top of each other. And so you you have your earth line, your heaven line, and then you have the median line in the middle. And so the implication here is that there's an interaction between polarities. Now I'm using the polarities of heaven and earth, but, but we can look at any polarities when we're looking at the three space. How do I have a yin and a yang and then the line in the center? And when we do this, this starts to invite, um, with shadow specifically, it starts to invite the context of bonding, of, of, of harmony, that then leads into bonding. And so we might start with shadow, that there's an inner conflict. There's a place in me that is... Um, what, uh, there's a part of me that wants to leave the relationship. And there's a part of me that wants to stay in the relationship. There's a part of me that wants to uh, go to this, this learning opportunity. There's a part of me that doesn't want to go to the learning opportunity. There's a, there's a part of me that wants to stay in my work and there's a part of me that wants to quit the job. And then these can start fighting. And what we want to do is be able to anchor in those, that quality of the, the soul depth. And then be able to facilitate uh, a development of harmony, a harmonious, a reciprocity between parts and, the, and that deeper dimension of being. Now, what starts to happen here is bonding begins, uh, but then as bonding goes more deeply, it takes us into the four space, which uh, I, I like to use the word interreflection. Um, uh, in in Terry fallon stages model, they use the word uh, interpenetration. The four space relates to metal, which has uh, in Chinese uh, uh, medicine metal is not just uh, gold or silver; it can be, but it can just as easily be mountains. Uh, it can be the minerals in the ground. It can be a mirror, and so we have this notion of interreflection. And here, in the context of shadow, what this means is. I have developed a bond, a reciprocal bond, with a part of the self that was hurting, that was outcasted. I've brought it back into the fold, you could say, meaning it's now getting reconnected with its source, which is that that depth, deep dimension of our essential being. And then I may do this interesting thing. Um, this can be really fun to practice once the bond is established and the reciprocal relationship is established. So far, usually the way that unfolds is the person is identified with the qualities of their soul or the qualities of awareness, and they are sending that to the part that's in pain, the hurt, vulnerable parts, the protector parts that are trying to keep everybody safe, whatever it is. But once we get here and we enter into the force space, I may actually shift my awareness so that I am the hurt four-year-old. So rather than being the soul looking at the four-year-old, I shift my awareness so that I am the four-year-old receiving that light, that love from the soul. And you can also have the four-year-old flip so that they're looking from the perspective of the soul. This would be similar in, in Ken Wilber's three-two-one shadow work practice, where you're starting to get Um, I don't know if people are familiar with this, but you start with it, where you're looking at it as something that is not you, and then you go to the we, where you begin to engage with it, you begin to interact with it. And then eventually you try to turn that to the I, so that now I'm reclaiming this this, uh, uh, exiled, to use IFS language, this exiled uh, internal family systems uh, part of the self. And so um, this part of inter-reflection is the beginning of uh, bringing the shadow back to a place of integration. Now, sometimes we can't push this one. Sometimes we need to stay in reciprocity in the three space for a while. But when it feels, when it feels right, I can shift my awareness so that I'm receiving from the perspective of the, the younger part, the younger part can experience itself looking from the perspective of the soul. And what this starts to do is help us realize that there that there is a unity. This is what's meant by interreflection. I look at you, Joel, and I see myself in your heart. You look at me and you see yourself in my heart. And, and we realize that we are, in some ways, separate things. But in other ways, we are separate things that are of the same. You and I both have the the same sort of dimensions to our psyche. You may have personalized them differently because of your history compared to my history. But we're essentially, we have the same dimensions in our interior. We both have access to love, to hate. Um, We both have atoms and cells that are forming with their own interiors and exteriors that are forming our bodies. So even though I can look at you and I'm like, Oh, you're different from me. I can also have a interreflective experience of we're exactly the same in so many ways. And this four space then leads into a five space, which is related to earth uh, and related to ecology, related to integration it, it, it means now there, um, and this can, developmentally, this can show up in a couple of different ways. One, it means that the shadow is distinct, but uh, fully unified with the system. The system is one integrous whole, but it can also mean that the shadow dimensions are now able to fully dissolve in a, post-conscious unity. So with one space, we have a pre-conscious unity. In the five space, we have a post-conscious unity. And this gets us in to the heart of evolution because five has all of these numbers, one, two, three, four within it, plus one, which is unity, right? So it's got four plus one. All the numbers that we just looked at, with this new unification center, this becomes the engine of evolution. We have receptivity of water. We have the dynamic uh, fire of of, uh, motive forces of number two. Number three is this dynamic evolutionary interaction which gives birth to four, which are these gems. In Chinese medicine, they say, the Tao gives birth to one, Gives birth to one gives birth to two, two gives birth to three, and then three gives birth to the 10,000 things, which for the Western mind, it's funny to say that 10,000 and the number four mean the same thing. It just means that through this dynamism of the three space, the, the, the ten, everything is birthed, birthed into being, and then that is then added to unity. And we get five, where we now have everything working as a dynamic, integrated ecology. And this is the engine of evolution. And I like to say that that evolution is, is revolution with sprouts, meaning evolution in the five space uh, gesture means that we are enveloping all of our previous history. We can think about Gepser's notion of diaphaneity, where there's this transparency of this moment is being filled with the, the, the fragrance of our history, including shadow, which is, which is our history uh, permeating the present as a living presence, informing this moment. And then there is something novel, there's the sprouts. So that's why evolution is revolution. It's a revolving, it's a, it's a reclaiming. It's, it's, it's not going back in time because there, there isn't a going back. It's, a, it's allowing consciousness to become transparent enough that there is a reception. And um, if we really do this, it can be quite terrifying as well as quite beautiful. How much can I allow from the history of the cosmos, to be transparent to consciousness in this moment and then allow sprouting and then allow something novel. So that kind of takes us through the the numbers one through five. And to just speak to one thing that you mentioned before, this could be viewed conceptually, but it really is not what I'm intending to invite here, which is more a, 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 um, a looking with our inner senses. A, a feeling into, a touching into with our inner senses so that all of these things are um, experienced as profoundly alive. And so we have all these metaphors of water and fire and wood and metal and earth. Um, but in Chinese medicine, in, in, in the Eastern wisdom, these metaphors are, are an attempt to get us to live something. It's it's phenomenological. If I can sit next to water and allow myself to be moved like the water, I get to know a quality of being. If I sit with a tulip long enough and allow myself to become the tulip in my phenomenological experience, I'm learning something about what it means to be an intermediary between heaven and earth. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of just briefly swing back to that to say that none of this is only theory. It's evolutionary gestures of our living being that have been named so that we might get closer to them with our consciousness to understand how life unfolds um, in a particular kind of sequence of gestures
0: why there's so much in what you shared yeah so uh but i just want this thing that comes up is is like uh i think for me you're speaking into it feels like it feels you know on this podcast we've talked a lot about this time between worlds and uh, you know, some people like Zach Stein in the integral scene are, are using that kind of metaphor and it's really caught on and it fits for me, you know, and what, what's going on there, you know, um, perhaps, and we've spoken about this again on the podcast, this move out of um, modernity or um, in a particular way of viewing the world, mechanistic and kind of Newtonian way of viewing the world and privileging uh, you know, a form of mind, a rational form of mind, and and I, I, the reason I share that is because you know often, well, again, maybe I, like I, coming out of that worldview, I've I, I've like tried to work on myself in that way, you know, or tried to do shadow work in that way, and it feels to me like you're speaking here about um, uh, a, a different, a very different way of working with shadow, you know that has a that has a different kind of philosophical or metaphysical framework, but, but yeah, that, and it's something very practical. And, um, uh, and my point is that, um, like my, 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 my orientation recently, or in the last few years has been like this call to like different modes of, of, of phenomenological perception and, and, um, ways of like kind of, Almost like tantric, like uh, opening oneself, you know. Um, and and so you know, in the in the beginning, before we recorded, I spoke about recently my love of swimming in water, mm-hmm. and that's what I think is going on here. It's like in the beginning, it was incredibly healing for me. Uh, there was there, I was going through a very difficult time, very intense time, and. It, it my intuition just told me swim in water. And, and that, that was the beginning of, you know, it was very healing for me. And then it became, then it started to become like an awakening process, evolutionary process. I felt that shift. It's like, it was quite distinct. And I think that maybe speaks into this kind of journey that you're talking about of like, yeah, of, of, um, uh, yeah, the integration of shadow, and, and 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 what it can bring so um that all being said it's like i i want to make sure we we kind of like um maybe contextualize everything you're saying in, in an example for people listening um be, because i also i'm also really fascinated because you know i i, I i've used a lot of in ifs and a version of ifs working with working with depth so you know, like that, that yes, we can disidentify from parts and um, open like uh, to the flow of life and then access these qualities of presence. And um,
1: so it feels to me when when you were speaking about the water, you know, I felt like in your relationship to it and being in in the sea. And, you know, I think this is the Western mind is, is very keen in, in its capacity to identify things where we talked about the, the number four as the 10,000 things. And the Western mind is very good at identifying those 10,000 things, but th- there's another possibility here, you know, and, 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 this is also something related to development. I like to think of it as the, sometimes I call it the, the Euro ladder of, of, of development, where it's like, we think of, of stages as these like Distinct things, and I'm climbing a ladder, and I, I, I want to get to the later stages because I decided that those are the cool ones, and 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 that's all beautiful. That's all beautiful, and and that's within the realm of the ten thousand things. But when we when we step from from that metal gesture into the five space into the earth, um, what we have is that unifying that unifying presence is now moving through me as well as all of the 10,000 things. So now I am I'm close to the ocean. The ocean is, a, is, is something that I am now experientially in unison with and in reciprocity with. And, and this awakens a whole new relationship to where we've come from and where we're going. Because it really, and I mean, it's in integral theory, transcend and include but somehow it doesn't, saying transcend and include doesn't always capture this shift from thingification into gesture, into experiencing the phenomenological gestures of all of life, of all of our history, of all of where we've come from as something that is profoundly precious to this moment's uh, sprouting. And I, I think that this is uh, illuminated through Chinese characters because they are not, in English language we have squiggles on a page. The W is a W and it doesn't mean anything until you connect it with other words and other letters. But Chinese characters themselves are gestures. They are pictures. They are symbols, which allow for dreaming into, dreaming, dreaming into. And that I think is just like the sea, a phenomenological relationship to the sea is, is healing and awakening these characters because they are also gesture of, of, of paint on, on canvas, They also have a capacity for healing and and awakening.
0: Yeah, like there's something uh, living inside of them. Um, So not 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 just kind of like a fixed kind of point, but there's a there's a movement inside of them, which allows for something to occur. You know, and that's right. um, Like maybe um, could we like give an example of like uh, particularly with this you know, the, the four and five um, levels. But I, I think even even the third, you know, like I'm just one thing I remembered what I was trying to get to, which is like, oh, you know, using something like IFS, mm-hmm. um, it's not, it which is really beautiful for like get, getting you into those qualities of presence so that you, or a quality of presence so that you can be with a part in a loving way that it never received. But, you know, they wouldn't suggest, for example, taking the perspective of the Mm-hmm. Of the part, even though that might actually yeah. be happening on some unconscious level because it's all you anyway. So, so maybe you could oh. take us through the, the three, four, five, and or all sure. of it in a practical example.
1: Sure.
0: Also, just to say
1: is that IFS
0: is coming from a particular developmental
1: perspective where continued reciprocity, continued three space is going to be uh, the preference. And this, this is a beautiful thing, but they also say in IFS that the parts don't disappear. And, and that's because it's coming from a particular developmental framework, which we could say is, um, um, to use Terry's model, it's 4.0 going into early 4.5, or we could say it's, it's mature, uh, mature green um, going into uh, early teal. So there is some prior, there is a prioritization of the self, um, but there's also not a full sense of uh, inter-reflection or interpenetration um, to, to full union. So the, the sort of the wisdom of the uh, dynamic four space and five space aren't totally present in my listening um, because it's, it, it's still focusing more on uh, reciprocity. So let's let's
0: do just a, to yeah. just to make sure I get does that does that mean like it's lacking in a way, not as a critique, but it, there's a certain amount of depth, it may be lacking um, or recognition well, of depth.
1: Yeah. So so for me, it wouldn't that wouldn't be how I would language it, because okay, I, think yeah. I, yeah. I think the depth is going to be dependent upon the, the person doing it. It's not going to be dependent upon the system itself. Yeah. Um, because, for example, you could have someone in, in, a, in a much later stage, 5.5, 6.0, 6.5, doing IFS work. And it's just going to be very different than um, someone who's at 4.0 or, or, or the green uh, mature green stage. So it's just that the uh, 4.0 or, or the, the green, the, the postmodern stage of development, as it matures, it's very interested in inner reciprocity. And that's its gift. That's that's what it's trying to work out. Um, early teal or early yellow or early 4.5 with whatever systems people are familiar with. Early integral, it can prioritize a deeper authentic self, um, and that's what you start to see in IFS. But the emphasis is still on it's getting integrated back into a system, so it's still distinct. It's still discrete, but it's part of a system that's connected to the self, and that's that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. As you get into late yellow, late teal, late 4.5, you can begin to get into a full blown inter-reflective experience where you realize that I and you are both the same. I look at you and I see myself and so on. And so yeah. that that's, that's what I'm getting at here. Um, it's just different skills. And we need the three, the, the, we need the three space for that next level four space to, to, to flourish. So um, shall we do an example? Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we just take a minute and, and, and drop in here? Just noticing what you notice. Noticing if there is um, curiosity.
2: If there's uh, ease.
1: just a sense of deep presence? If not, if there's something else, we can just ask the simple question, who's there? Who's there that needs attention? If you do have that deep sense of presence, you can ask the same question, who's there? It's just in one case, the who's there might be fused with our sense of I right now. And in the other case, it might be a who's there that's hiding in a shadow somewhere. One's pretending to be all of you. The other is hiding in a corner. Either way, who's there? And notice with your
2: inner senses, what do you hear? What speaks? What do you see?
1: What does this part of the self look like? What do they feel like? What's their emotional disposition? What color shirt are they wearing? Are they wearing a shirt? Are they just a quality of light that's contracted? Are they like a little person person? Using all of your inner senses to be able to touch the experience, the living experience of your history living in the present.
2: This is a move from one to two, from fusion to differentiation. Now, let's just check in again
1: to see if if you can connect with or stay connected with this place of presence, curiosity, interest. What's a natural question that arises from this place for this part of you? Let's get to know this part. This is a move from two into three, from differentiation into reciprocity.
2: What do you want to ask?
1: This soul depth in you is so deeply wise. It knows what to ask. And allowing this part to respond, which we become in relationship. So in the three space, that allows for further development of differentiation of this part.
2: What do you want to ask them now?
1: Reciprocity is the interplay between yin, receptive, and yang, active. You actively ask a question and then you receive an answer where the other part
2: actively responds.
1: Now the the, the million-dollar question is asking this part, what do you need? What do you need?
2: What quality of presence do you need
1: to heal your your pain? What quality of presence do you need to remember that you have always belonged and that to be an outcast is a role that we play within a group? And so now, whatever this part of you said they need be it love, be it to be able to play, to be able to to be held, whatever they need from this depth dimension, using your inner senses, allow those qualities to foreground. And what we're doing here is we're deepening into the three space. We're deepening into the reciprocal exchange where you are giving what is needed to the part that is needing, connecting with their heart. See them, feel them, sense them, hear them. Connect with their heart. And it's important to notice here because we're working with reciprocity. One, are you successfully transmitting a quality of let's say love? That's the yang. The yin is the part able to receive. Sometimes they aren't. What's the difference between being next to and absorbing? We can't force absorption. We just want to notice if it's occurring. If it's if it's not happening happening easily, we just hold the space and the reciprocal dynamic, and just letting them in their own time. Just maybe even taste it,
2: taste the love, just touching
1: the love. Usually, once they get a little taste for it, they they. They can't help themselves, but to fully absorb. Now, once we feel that this part is receiving what they need, they have now linked back up with the qualities of your soul or your deeper awareness. Now we can move from the three space into the four space, but there's a caveat. If this doesn't feel like the right time to do it, don't push it. Don't force it. But if it does feel like the right time, what you can do is you can take your awareness that has been in the the act of giving and tending as the soul to the part. And you can go ahead and allow your awareness, your sense of I to slip completely or partially into the part so that you can look from the part's perspective. What does it feel like to receive this love, this holding as the young one? What's it like to be the one being held, feeling yourself being held and feeling yourself receiving? And you can invite the youngness, the young part to shift its awareness to being in the soul, looking at you as the young part. This sometimes takes a little practice
2: if we're not used to it. So just go easy on yourself.
1: And then when you're ready, you can, you can come back to your uh, looking from the perspective of your soul. And just notice what's different. See if you can feel the, the fragrance of the young part as yourself and feel the presence of the soul in the young part This in the yin-yang symbol are the little dots. There's the yang dot in the yin side and there's the yin dot in the yang side. So just staying with this, staying with this, noticing how this is a different kind of bonding. It's a deeper bonding. Because now I am the soul and I am the part and we are mutually bonding as each other with each other. And this can slowly, and again, this is another thing we can't push for. It doesn't work like that. Sometimes we have to stay in the three space for days, but if it feels natural, what you might start to feel is now the part starts to in a way dissolve Now, remember, some parts want to have an identity for a while, which is why we don't want to push for this. They'll get very upset if they feel like you're trying to make them disappear. So this is really important for those of us that are like really into integration. Remember to stay in the wisdom of your soul, which doesn't push for integration. Because we only want dissolution when the part is ready. You have to become somebody before you can dissolve. And sometimes they need some time to become somebody. But if it feels natural and it happens on its own, you can start to feel how the part will, um, that is you will just fully, in a way, evaporate, but not disappear. Meaning it's not hiding. It's just fully turning into its essences and those essences are liberated to become part of the essences pool of your soul. And this is where healing, uh, this is where history is fully enveloped and integrated, allowing for the next Moment of novelty, of newness, of evolution to spread.
0: Thank you for guiding us through that, and um, I can certainly feel uh, like a, a brightening and a uh, like an alchemical mixing taking place of um of of this part that i was contacting um yeah in a sense like in a sense um metabolizing maybe that's not the right word it's more like it was it felt like more like a a a brightening like a Mm lightning so like light mixing with light more than liquid mixing with liquid that's how i feel it yeah
1: i feel it some way sometimes that way too and it's like now we're coming back to the ocean, but it's conscious unity. So if one, the, if the water ocean space is is unconscious unity, the five space relating to Earth is is conscious unity. It's uh, we hear this in the Lautza Lao means old infant, and the, um, you got, the listeners can can look up the the, the myth. Um, but the idea was basically he he was born old he he lived in his mother's womb for 90 years or something like that and and so it 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 invites those gestures of recognizing the difference between uh being a newborn and being an old born who's 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 come come to a place of recognition after a whole life of tragedy and ecstasy and um in fact uh lao uh um, means infinite infant, but it also means master. And so there's a there's a funny play which is very common in Eastern wisdom that word will mean one thing, but it also mean another thing. Um, where there's this, y- you've achieved mastery, but you're willing to be an infant. And this is probably what mastery is in coaching, for example. There's a willingness to um y- you have a mastery of, of things but when you're engaging, you're like a child, you're, you're just curious and you're interested and you don't know, and you're wondering and you're engaging. And th- that's the, the conscious, the old infant.
0: Mm. Yeah. And actually, you know, for me, what you're sharing there also speaks into, um, you know, I, I guess I'm cautious to say like what's emerging in our times because uh, I don't really know that yet. But sorry, maybe I could just be more honest and say what I what I hope is emerging, but at least what I see around me emerging more and, and in my own direct experience seems to um, be um, a way of accessing wholeness and um, a, a kind of organic intelligence, the evolutionary impulse. Uh, in a way that that's much more powerful than um, than than how I used to. And I hope for that
1: too. And I and I and I um, I think for me that five space that earth it, that is wholeness that is the quintessential wholeness that holds these these quintessential evolutionary gestures that are required. For a cosmos to get going and to continue to evolve, and that revol- you know evolution as revolution with sprouts, that is the Earth gesture of this. In a way, it's circular, but it's also spiralic. You know, it has the it has the verticality of development, but it has the circularity uh, uh, of wholeness and those. When when you know, when a straight line, when a vertical line and a and a circle make a baby, we get a spiral, we get this spiralic kind of revolving, you know, allowing history to 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 be loved, to be loved where we've come from as our foundation. And then that becomes the ground from which. Something is new, newly emergent. And, but now what's happening is that what is newly emergent is coming from an embodiment of wholeness. So it's wholeness begetting wholeness.
0: And I I would say for me, this is something that I've been encountering a lot in terms of my own development, Uh, but through people I'm meeting, uh, you know, uh, Steve March is someone I've been um influenced by a lot and um this this speaks to me of like our our evolution um is emerging out of this this kind of presence this space that we're accessing um and we're not like trying to reach like you mentioned earlier when we first come across developmental ideas too far ahead and like build our development on top of a shaky foundation. Uh-huh. But actually, there's a kind of, you know, and I think you met Spring Cheng recently. I mm. talked to Spring and Tom Murray as they talked about descending, you know, this, this, the, the, the essentialness of descending so that, that, that development can emerge out of that, that place rather than it being a kind of purely That's mental right. construct that we kind of impose upon our experience. I think that is like one of the things that. we're we're, i'm deeply questioning you know it's like this this and 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 then just to add on top of that the this sense of like the ecological self how important that is too in our times that's kind of what i'm hearing from people and sensing myself that there's a kind of meta competency that you're describing here which is 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 like or even maybe that we're dissolving the inner outer boundary you know like um So, like, you know, if I look outside and I see a tree, it's not that I'm separate from that tree, but mm-hmm. I'm 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 made of you know, I'm I am the tree in some way. There is a there is a reciprocity in a and a kind of third entity or something that that comes alive. Is, so yeah.
1: Yeah. And this is embedded within Taoism. I mean, that's this that, that essential Taoist practices are the is the process through which We are integrating polarities and our relationship to the entire cosmos, that we are phenomenologically, there's a phenomenological experience of a unification, a reciprocity with all of the qualities so that we're no longer staring at the moon. We are experiencing the moon as a very real, alive, luminous dimension of our being as the cosmos. And then in yeah. this is this thing I hear you describing with, um, you know, this descent, this is the enfoldment. This is the, the revolving, you know, requires a descending. If you, know, it's, it's, it's a descending and ascending gesture. It's a, it's a wheel. It's just the wheel doesn't only go in a circle and never produce something new. It has a sprouting and that's the enfolding, the descending gesture of, reclaiming where we've come from which you know it it includes atomic it it includes our you know protonic zest it includes the 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 dirt and the stars and this isn't just like new agey like this is like what happens when we are able to open our senses beyond an intellectual uh differentiative Process where we're just staring at our environment, we're staring at the stages, we're staring at words on a page, instead of allowing the the juiciness. This also is an invitation for the feminine, the the yin, to to experience things through juiciness, through texture, through mystery, through saturation. Um, it doesn't all fit on one. A uh, straight line it, it, that's not that's not the full texture of of how the stars and the moon and the and the mud are 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 informing us
0: boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> well i you know i i say that because um i have to go pick up my daughter in a moment and uh, the, you know, but I'm also like, I love, I love where we are, you know, um, for me, um, there's a, there's a, just an exquisiteness to this conversation. So I guess I've got to do the, the kind of wrapping up thing and just, just express my gratitude, Alexander, again, um, you know, like what I love is just that this feels to me like a conversation that is a transmission of what we're talking about. And that um, I'm, I'm feeling in other places. And that gives me a sense of hope in these times of um, a lot of chaos. That's the word we've used. So, yeah, I want to just say like where and, and to be continued, you know, that's yeah. the So wh- where can we find out more about you again? People listening?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple of places that you can um, learn more. One is uh, the EOS learning dot com. Um, you can certainly go there. Um, My other website is eoswellnesscenter.com. And then I do a fair amount of teaching uh, with the Newfield Network. Um, And um, so you can also find me at the Newfield Network. I have a few courses there that um, uh, are available from time to time. So it's been a pleasure being with you and absolutely to be continued.
0: Just a a heads up again, if you're not on our mailing list and you want to stay in the loop about other things we create, then